Hello, my name is Ruth Blakely. I'm Caroline Schwabi. And today we have an additional guest. I'm Rob Christie. And we are talking about experience wine. And today we are going to be experiencing Pinot Noir in a glass from the green steep hills of Northern California to the quaint French village of Givray. I've been there. I've been there. Rob is going to correct all my pronunciations. This is your job today. (laughs) Also appearing on our show today for the first time ever in real life is uh, Andreas Schwabi, who is also our producer. Say hi, Andreas. Hi, Andreas. Thank you. No German wines today. No, no, German. Uh, no German wines today. So, But today's topic is Pinot Noir. And on Experience Wine, we talk about how you can really travel with your wine. Because for me, these wines really are about the places that they're from. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to evaluate the wine. First, we evaluate the wine, Rob. You don't get to drink it yet. Oh, of course. I got to grade the wine. You have. Well, we're going to just just by appearance. Well, we're going to go through the whole thing. Talk about superficial. Oh, I (laughs) know. What we're going to do is we're actually going to use the WSET approach to evaluating wine. And WSET is Wine and Spirits Education Trust. This is where most of my credentials come from, and uh, WSET international body that has um, a number of courses that eventually will take you to a Master of Wine. I am not a master of wine. I'm just not that dedicated. Well, you've that. already used a term that none of us in this room has ever heard before. So there you go. I See how smart I am? I'm looking and for. I would personally call you a master of wine. <laughs> Mistress. Mistress, Mistress of, of wine. Of wine. <laughs> okay. So let's talk first about Pinot Noir. Right. Pinot Noir as a grape is a bit of a diva. Yeah, high maintenance. She is it, a oh, high It's the Melania Trump of grapes. It is, you know, not too high. Oh. Not too cold, not too wet, not too dry. Is there an altitude thing at all? Um, it, it likes cooler nights, so oh. sometimes altitude is a thing. And one of the things that we're going to notice about our two very, very different wines today is that they are from regions, though a half a continent apart, that have a lot of things in common. Mm. So... Let's, uh, since since Rob is starting to drool just a little <laughs> out of the corner of his mouth. I'm going to have to watch the lights after. It's the charcuterie in front of me. <laughs> there is charcuterie in front of us. Okay, uh, we have two glasses in front of us, and the, our wines today are Fell, which is from Northern California, and Domaine René Leclerc from Gevray Chambertin. Gevray Chambertin. Um, wow, that's good. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's yeah, did you, did you get some on you? Did you uh, get some money for me saying A little bit. Of, <laughs> this is a premier crew. We have talked a little bit about crew before. So right. it's not a grand crew. Our budget doesn't quite extend to grand crew. And it is called the Laveau Saint-Jacques. So these wines, the fell from Anderson Valley, young, fresh, American wine, we do have a Canadian connection. For those of you who are listening that don't know, our podcast originates in Edmonton, Alberta. And a gentleman by the name of Cliff Letty um, and his brother started a very large um, company called Leadcore. They've done very well. And Cliff's passion project has been Cliff Letty Wines and now Fell. And Fell is named for his mother, Florence. Oh, so this is named after mom. This is named, this is Florence Elise Letty. Which, you know, I think that that speaks well of That's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a lovely thought. So we're going to pick up our glass of Fell Pinot Noir. And we're going to take a little... So this this is the one on your left. On my left. Yep. Yep. And uh, we're going to take a little trip 
mm-hmm. to the Anderson Valley. Okay. So let's one go. Of, let's go to the Anderson Where Valley. Where is it? Anderson Valley is between Sonoma and the, the towns of Sonoma and the towns of, well, Healdsburg and Mendocino. It's in oh. southern Mendocino County in Northern California. It is the coolest growing area in Northern California. It's quite high. It's quite steep. It's fairly far north. Mm -hmm. People are often surprised because it's really not very far from Ukiah. And people think of Ukiah as being like the end of the earth in Northern California. Uh, And yet you can grow beautiful Pinot Noir there. They also grow Riesling, you know, cooler climate grapes. So we're going to take a look at the Pinot Noir. And I'm cheating because I'm looking at it um, against a piece of white paper, which makes it actually easier to see the color. Too, I'm looking no at it through Christmas lights, so I'm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a pretty color. So it is. I would call it medium ruby. Ah, you know what? I would call this. Reminds me of one of my favorite groups from the '70s, Deep Purple. <laughs> it's very dark yeah. in Rob's corner of yeah. the studio. <laughs> well, it's almost, well, it's, or another song, Ruby, Ruby. right? Ruby. It, it's yeah. kind of a ruby color, isn't it? Ruby it Tuesday. is a ruby color. Yeah. Ruby Tuesday or yeah. Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town. Right. Let's just not go down that very <laughs> confused path. Okay, so take a sniff. We, we looked and we looked at it and we said, okay, there's no sediment. There's no Ooh. bubbles. We're going to take a sniff. And... Oh, thank you, Mom, for giving me a nose that has its own postal code. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm getting a little earthy. Mm. I'm getting some some chocolatey undertones. I think there is some earthiness, and I think that that's also very common with Pinot Noir. Sometimes you'll get a little bit of spice with Pinot Noir, a little brown spice. Yeah. A little I'm, cherry. Yeah. I got I'm, lots I'm, of cherry. This yeah. is like cherry to me. This is the, the, it, the, you know, when I say fruit forward, I mean, I'm getting a cherry, maybe like a, a black Cherry, uh, strawberry, a little oh, yeah. raspberry. If you, I think all of the above. Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, and maybe a little. Ooh, I don't know, chocolatey. Would it be? Yeah. yeah. Right. That and was the first one I got. That was got, chocolate. Yeah, yeah. That was the, the start, and the fruit came a little bit later for me. But yeah. I. I for, True confession, I'm just at the very tail end of a cold, so my, my oh. nose might not be exactly what it normally is. This is the best way to get I'm rid of it. I'm still getting it. Yeah. Totally the best way to get rid of it. Deep inhalation. And if your wine isn't showing very much in the, in, in with, with regards to aroma, give it a little swirl in your glass, and that will often let the aromas loose. Well, it's like it's like scotch, right? I mean, that's why you you got to give it air. It needs air, or in Scotch's case, just a drop of water, kind of to turn it loose. Um, and that's why these glasses are shaped this way. They are yeah. shaped like a tulip. Yep. They're ISO tasting glasses, as we know. They're small glass. Usually, with a with a Burgundy or Pinot Noir, you have a very big balloon glass because it is a more delicate. I have a question. Uh, yes. Uh, so at first it was all berry for me. I mean, I literally had a flashback to the Okanagan cherry season. Like it was just cherries. Uh, and now as we're, as we're going along, I'm getting a bit of the chocolate and stuff, but, um, I'm getting like, now I'm experiencing more alcohol. Like I'm getting the alcohol and more of the tannin, uh, as part of the finish. I will tell you that usually Pinot Noir, especially cool climate Pinot Noir, doesn't usually tend to have a high alcohol. Mm. This one is a little bit high. They had a nice growing oh. season in 2016 mm-hmm. in the Anderson Valley. And as a result, this one is 14.3. Whoa. So it's pretty high for a Pinot Noir. Wow. 
So normally, tight. yeah, normally you'd expect a Pinot to be coming in around thirteen, maybe 13, a little less. Yeah, yeah. like the less. usual, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. like normal. So yeah. let's take a t- let's take a slip of <laughs> Andreas is ahead of us. He's yeah. Are we gonna? We have people. We should probably ting. Here we go. Oh ting, yes. Ting. Cheers. 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 Good to see you again, Lovely. Rose. Good to see you again, yes. Rob. And true confessions right. here. I, uh, Rob, oh, and I worked together many, 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 many. Yes. We literally decades ago. So decades. that's that's all we're gonna say. Yep. Anyway, it so was a great time. It was a great time. We, it was a great time. Yeah. Let's taste it. And we had some wine back then too. Mm. Everybody, there, there is, there is. Everybody is getting all of the wine over all parts of your tongue. You're bringing some air in. If someone has misophonia, that will drive them crazy. Yes. Is this any good? Yum, yum. Oh, double this, yum for sure. This is compared to what I expect from a Pinot, which is generally weak. This is just sort of a punch in the face. This is really. This is full bodied. Like this is, has a lot of character. I I, I, I disagree on that. To me, this one would no. be light to medium. Really? Light to medium body. Yeah. I would call it medium body. Yeah. Okay, then well, I'm confused. Yeah, I probably need something to compare it to. Yeah. Well, I'm finding I'm a noob. it about medium. But what I like about it is that uh, it's not as um, it. Despite the high higher alcohol, it doesn't taste higher alcohol. A lot of Pinots really, to me, they. They're they're light, and what you get is the alcohol instead of the berries and the full flavor of the wine. You get more. At least that's been my experience. Maybe I've tried bad. Or well, or, you know, we were talking about how Pinot can be the heartbreak grape, right? Because it's hard to grow. And so, if you think about what that might mean when you're producing vast quantities of inexpensive wine, your fruit's not as good. Your fruit's not as ripe. Um, you're not taking the care with your um, preparation that you might take, you know, Fell is a premium producer. Uh, Cliff Letty Wines is an ultra premium producer. This isn't an inexpensive bottle of wine. So um, we should talk about that. <laughs> we, will, we will talk about that. <laughs> do, do I have to put up my first male child or no. what's, what's, the, what's the story? It, I'm, I'm thinking this tastes to me, not that I, I get the opportunity to do that that often. This, this has got to be north of, of $60. It's right around $60. Is it okay? Yeah. It's right around $60. Yeah. So, so yeah, good for Rob. This tells you how often Rob drinks wine. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known where to start guessing, to be honest with you. No, what's important is, is to have yeah. friends who have this quality of wine. And, well, you know, and, and yeah. I guess what that means is that I haven't tried a $60 Pinot Noir ever. Right. Yeah. And, and because Pinot Noir is hard to grow and hard to make, <laughs> then sometimes you have inexpensive wines and they come off as insipid. And people think that that's what Pinot Noir is, that it's light and it doesn't have any fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no. that, that is a very this, popular perception, I think. And a lot of people just go right by it. Oh, no, that's like, you know, that's like Kool-Aid that knows somebody kind of thing. And that's the furthest thing from it. Really, no, and is... and if you like red wine, uh, I'll tell you that um, I I prefer red wine to white wine. For me, white wine is like um, a good rosé, you know, on a on the deck on a summer afternoon or, or Chenin Blanc or something like that. But otherwise, I, I like I like red wine. So when it comes to like chicken or fish, and as a friend of mine is fond of saying about things, there's a lot going on in this glass. There is a yeah. lot mm-hmm. going on. Surprisingly, there's the the cherry taste. 
the fruit forward of the new world kind of pinots there uh, and there's these other these nuanced thing i'm not you know I'm, I've, some people can just pick this stuff up but i sense this i'm tasting that chocolate that little bit of chocolate in it and it's got a it's got a you know a pretty impressive finish and it's almost like a spicy finish it does i do get some nice brown spice on the finish so i i think mm. that this is a lovely wine and it is a great example of a new world pinot noir this is very typically New World Pinot. Um, there are some values in Pinot Noir. They're a little harder to find. I would look to New Zealand because in Marlborough, where they grow great Sauvignon Blanc, they also grow nice Pinot Noir. There's not as many. They're a little harder to find, but sometimes they're worth seeking, and there is a good value there. Better price point. Better price point. Yeah. They're not always as sophisticated as this, but they are often eminently drinkable great with a piece of chicken or a piece of salmon uh and and really just just well-made wines there are also some nice values in canada because we have some cooler climate growing regions there's in the northern part of the okanagan they make some beautiful pinot noir we've talked about tantalus before spearhead makes beautiful pinot noir doesn't quails gate make a quails gate makes the stewart family reserve pinot noir that's very very nice so um there are there are nice values actually relatively speaking in canada as well uh, it's it's a finicky it's a finicky vine it's expensive to produce this wine which you know which is why the price point is what it is in the U.S. Okay, um, question. But why? What makes it more expensive to produce? Because you don't a smaller, smaller number, smaller, or just less success, I right. guess. So you have smaller less, tons per right. acre, okay. fewer tons per acre, harder to grow, needs a specific climate. Yeah. Um, so also, just more loss and all that. Right, kind of stuff. and the skin is very thin. Oh, um, it's not like Cabernet Sauvignon. If you've ever, well, actually, then how do they get so much color out of the skin, or is it just they, loaded? It's actually really hard to get color in Pinot Noir, and they oh. leave it on the skin because all of the color comes from the skin, right. not from the grape itself. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, Pinot Noir hard to grow, hard to make good wine. Again, it's mm. finicky. It's susceptible to rot. Then this is that much more impressive because I'm really enjoying this. Like it has a really lovely balance to it. When when I was saying earlier, the body. For what I expect out of a Pinot, it's it's much more than like I was. I'm thinking when I think Pinot, I'm thinking mushroom soup. Like it's just something light with mushroom soup, and yeah. this would overpower mushroom soup. It's got a, it has a lot of fruit, yeah. and part of that is also the New World style. So let's go to something that is the epitome of Old World style. Shall we go back across the ocean? We shall go across. The, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> to the I'm land gonna, of my ancestors. I'm going to sound like yeah. Pepe Le Pew if I try to do that. <laughs> oh, That's what Rob sounded like. Pepe Le Pew, like. Chevalier, Pepe Le Pew had great eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you put lipstick on Bugs Bunny's other half. Yeah, yeah. or, or something like that. So what have we got here? So we have Rene Leclerc. So Rene Leclerc, who grew up in a wine-growing family started his own domain in the mid-1970s. And he's been making wine there for, what, 40-some years. Sadly, Rene is getting older, and he's actually starting to turn some of the control over to his son. Um, But, you know, the vines are well-established, and, you know, there is still the commitment to make wine in a really... um, historical kind of way. Well, that area goes back to the Roman times. That's how far back they were making wine in that in that area, and just 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 the nose on this takes me back the first time to the first time I, I drank a uh, a Pinot in Europe. I mean, I drank Pinot obviously here, but uh, we are on a trip to France. I think my wife Diane and I, 
maybe our second or third trip, and we're heading south from Dijon, and we're going to find these two towns. Um, and you know this, Ruth, uh, Gervais-Chambertin, uh, which is in Côte de Nuit, and, uh, and another one, you probably know this, Alox Carton, right? Which is, wow, this wine, oh my God. There's a, please adopt me, adopt me or something. <laughs> Alox Carton, which is in uh, Côte de Bonne. And so we're, and I think it's, we're 15 minutes out of Dijon, we come apro- across the sign, Gervais-Chambertin, stop the car, jump out, have the picture taken, photo op, you know, I mean, for me, it's like, oh my God, I'm at, I'm at the place that's on the label of the wine that I rarely drink. And uh, so we're driving around, you know, they have all these little signs, degustation, right? Wine tasting. And um, so and a lot of them are like, you know, look like they're made by a grade five, kind of, you know, it's not fancy, <laughs> right? And so we're driving, we finally stop at one, degustation, pull into the yard, and, you know, there's kind of barn-like buildings, but there's nobody around. There's not even any other cars, there's a tractor here and there. So we get out, we walk around, and head for this barn, this small barn, walk in, and there's this guy, uh, probably 60s, of course, everybody seemed older to us then, right? Uh, <laughs> in, 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 so 40. In, that's right. In jeans, rubber boots, and uh, this this cap like they used to wear in um, the French Resistance, you know? And uh, Welcome to Burgundy. Yeah, so welcome mm. to Burgundy. And he says, bonjour. And we, we, you know, my wife and I speak French. Bonjour, monsieur. And he says, uh, uh, vous êtes ici pour déguster mes vins? You know, you're here to taste my wines? And we said, well, yes, you know. Well, we find the right guy, and it was early in the day. He schooled us. He literally schooled us on Pinot Noir. He schooled us on Jevre Chambertin. He told us about the, the area going back to the uh, to the norm, to the uh, the uh, the Gauls and also the Romans. It was fascinating. It was we were we were in the holy land of Pinot Noir. And he told us, you know, my village, this area, which is only had like 3,000 people, I think, you know, we make some of the best Pinot Noirs in the world. And they do. <gasps> wow. Then we got to the tasting. Mm. And it, I think we bought like three bottles because, you know, we can bring back so much to Canada. And I think they were maybe $10 each, oh. you know. Un- wow. Unbelievable wine. Just unbelievable. I but mean, that sounds like a dream. That sounds just like... A- perfect day yeah, you know? well it's like Ruth said you know wine is is uh, it's like you know, like like going on a trip you know it brings back certain right. memories and that one that made me a big fan of Pinot Noir um, and I, if I could you know and and have an inheritance that would allow me to drink nothing but Gervais Chambertins I'd be happy man <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is as we've kind of alluded to not um, an inexpensive region of the world to shop from. Burgundy generally tends to be a little bit expensive. Again, tough climate. Continental climate yeah. gets a little bit cool. They sometimes have hail. They sometimes have rain in the fall. Um, you know, so so when you get a good vintage, it's a big deal. So the Grand Cru's um, from Burgundy can easily run into the thousands of dollars like wow. if we were buying Domaine Romani Conti yeah and you know he told me about that one which wasn't in, in Gervais Chabertin nope. it's another town I think Romani yeah, Vos Romani, Romani yep. right and um, it's, he says back then he was saying these wines this uh, Romani Conti would sell in North America for something like $10,000 a bottle 
Is that true? Um, you could like, an older an older vintage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So was this one we're about to taste? Was was this one around a hundred? It's right around a hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. So it's, again, it's this a is, much deeper color from what I'm. It, it, I'm, it is. It is a deeper color, and this is a 2013. I should have mentioned the fell was a 2016. This is a 2013. Right. Generally, burgundies want a little bit of time. Five to fifteen years. Um, the crew, the Grand Crew, longer. Of course, some of them can go much, much longer. But you can lay those down for twenty years. Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. But Burgundy is, you know, again a sensitive grape, and you know, you watch for bottle variation and all this kind of stuff. But this is a twenty thirteen. Um, not a stunning vintage. If anybody wants to go shopping, 2015 was a stunning vintage. 2013 was, it was okay. It was an okay vintage. Way, I'm getting way more berries on the nose uh, uh, on this particular Pinot. I'm getting a weird kind of lychee nut thing going on. Well, yeah, this one, completely Completely. different from, I was going to say, just from the one in Oregon. Really different. This one, yeah, you know, it's obviously got the fruit. It's got the cherry. It's got the strawberry, the raspberry. But it's got, there's, there's... And this is that terroir thing there. It's got that, what do they call that, uh, floor of the uh, forest Forest floor. Forest floor thing, right? Forest floor. I love these terms that they come up with. Forest floor. Forest floor. So so it's like truffles, mushrooms. That musty kind of. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When you're going for a walk and you smell that thing. And that's yeah. what you get. That is forest. That's yeah, the thing you get. A little bit leathery. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. And, and if you think about kicking up the wet leaves right. as you're going for your walk, yeah. they, you do definitely get mm. that. And again, oh, in yeah. France, they are so much about the terroir. It is so much about a sense of place, which is why these these wines are named after their village because the sense of place is so incredibly important. And and as we've talked about, you know, this is this is an exquisite region for growing grapes the the benedictine monks started the big the first big vineyard there in 910 <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, it had to be a, a, an upside to being a monk. It was a month. It was a <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> you know? It's like Dom Perignon. I may be a monk, but I've invented champagne. <laughs> yeah, so there. Exactly. exactly. So my life I may be good. celibate, but, uh, you know. But I can drink some good stuff. Only, <laughs> yeah. only 770 acres of in Gervais Chambertin. Okay. So it's, a, it's a, again, small region, beautiful small town in Burgundy in northern France. Um, and, and you can almost smell the history in the glass. Let's make some noise. Let's slurp. Let's slurp. Caroline's like, slurp. the rest of us have already cheated, mm, and she's yeah. been very patient. I've been waiting. waiting. I didn't okay, even let's, get let's try see. this wine. Let's see what's on the palate on this one. More tannin. Definitely has more tannin. <laughs> but I like it. The way it coats the mouth a little bit. Just it, it, there's, uh, <clears throat> I have no language to describe it, but it's really pleasant. I really like it. So Rene Leclerc says, I don't want to make technical wine. I want to make wine from experience. Mm. And I think he has made this a wine experience for us. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, this is, yes. it's, it's got that silkiness, that smoothness. It has, but beyond that, it has a uh, a certain character to it that's um, how can I describe this? Silky smooth. It's it's not um, it's not light, but it's not it's barely medium. 
All right, it's barely a medium wine. It's not certainly not big, but there's a, again a lot going on in this glass. I gotta tell you, the label looks like you know the buy the gallon cheap red. Like it, it's not a beautiful sort of elegant label. It's very pragmatic. Well, it's very, it, it's it's traditional. You're it is very you, traditional, you, but it really yeah. like compared to what you'd sort of expect. Like I see this label and sort of go mm, interesting, but I would pass. What's inside? Just ignore the label. Like it just—it mm. doesn't tell you anything. It's—I mean, this is probably it, a great example of do not judge a book by its cover. It is a very old school label. In really? in France, they're very specific with what they put on the label. They talk about nowhere on the label does it say Pinot Noir. No. It. Uh, oh really? No. I didn't, no. Even, I didn't it say Bourgogne. That. It yeah. it, uh, it it tells you the village. Yeah. It says it's a Grand Vin de Bourgogne. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a wine of Burgundy, and it tells you the where it was bottled, which is at Domaine Rene Leclerc, and it tells you the alcohol. Anybody want to take a guess at the alcohol? I didn't I, look, but I don't know. I would. I think it might be higher. It's it got to be. be it's got to be higher because it's French. It's got to be fourteen. I said fifteen. I would so, go seventeen. Yeah. Wow, no, 17 you'd notice. 17, I mean, would you really yeah. notice? Uh, I'm just picking the a number. The show would have been over like 15 seconds 13 ago. and a half, yeah. yeah. 13, 13 and a half. 13 and a half. And the other one was 14, 14 three. Yeah. three. Okay. So, so the Leclerc is closer to what you would expect. Like Again, 13, around 13 right. is pretty normal for, for Burgundy. Um, but it's higher, it's higher than the Oregon wine. Uh, California. Um, oh, no, California. California's actually got higher alcohol. Okay, all right. But um, I, I think that you're getting, maybe it feels like there's a little bit more alcohol because there's... More acidity. There, well, there's lots of acidity yeah. for sure. Yeah. Lots of acidity. I'm sorry, sure. I put words in your mouth. Sorry. No, no, but I think it's it's because of all of those other aromas, those tertiary aromas, those, cause, because it does have fruit, but... The yeah, there's a, there is a citrus. There's yeah. a citrus uh, latini. Again, you say it, it is complex because all of the, it, mm. besides all of this fruit and then the forest floor, there, yeah, these hints of, uh, and a little bit of chocolate in there, smoke, you know. And you know what would be good with this, too, I think, is um, one of my favorite dishes, duck confit. Oh, it would be beautiful. Absolutely classic. Hmm. Duck confit. Oh, duck confit. Yum, yep. yum, yum, yum. Yep. Duck cooked in fat. How could that yeah, not be yeah. delicious? Or maybe, do you think oh, it would that work would be... with, uh, with lamb? I, I think it depends on how the lamb is prepared. So lamb is a, is a pretty strong flavor. Yeah. Like for me, a classic pairing with lamb is Syrah, which is like this big, bold You panic. could maybe with the fell. The fell, you probably could. Oh, question. Can we just take three steps back? We were talking about how the label doesn't say it's Pinot Noir. No. So, as a as a newbie wine drinker, what do you, what do you want to look for? How how would you know? Like you listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. um, it's Burgundy, and if it's a Burgundy and it's red, it will be generally Pinot Noir. It may have other grapes in there. They will not say. So when I buy a wine from Bordeaux, if it's left bank or right bank, then I have to know that left bank is mostly Cabernet and right bank is mostly Merlot, or else I won't know what my what my wine is going to be because they don't tell you and they won't tell you on the label because it may change from year to year. Um, Isn't that interesting? So it's really, truly more about the region for them than it is about the grape variety. It is period. all about 
land versus hand. Yes, yes. So, and, you know, and they have appellation contrôlée, right? I mean, it's controlled. This is a government thing that they have to adhere to. Right. You know, it's... Right. I, if uh, Bernie Sanders would hate this wine. Yes, exactly. It's, <laughs> this wine is 1%. It's 1% of all the wines in the world. 1%. That's all it is. The rest of us got to drink the Kool-Aid that knows somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no better comeback for that other than to say... Try some Pinot Noir. It will open your mind to a lighter red grape. It can be gorgeous and complex. And these two most certainly are. These two are beautiful wines, both of them. Yeah, and it's interesting, the contrast, new world, old world, and depending what you're looking for, what you're going to maybe pair it for, what what your taste is, right? Exactly, and there is a personal preference. Um, So now I'm going to ask you, we're going to start with Andrea's personal preference of the two. Fell. I'm not surprised on Caroline. I would have to say the same, the fell. Pour moi, non, madame, c'est Geoffrey Jean-Bertin. Not just the emotional investment in it, but um, I'm, I like a Pinot to have a bit more of that earthy taste. And uh, that's an excellent wine from California. And congratulations to the ladies. Uh, they've done, you know, it's art and you've, you've created art, uh, which is way more interesting than driving bulldozers. But this Jevry Chambertin, to me, this is, this is, this is history and it's art. It's, it's magic in a glass. It is magic in a glass. And on that note, until we meet again, mm-hmm. Slante. Pinot. Slante. Cheers. I'm Ruth Blakely. I'm Rob Christie. And I'm Caroline Schwabe. And you've been listening to Experience Wine. Experience Wine.